This is your Saturday morning source for everything Huskers. And now keeping himself with Martinez 5. He yeah. is going to be in touchdown. Adrian Martinez off the right edge. Runs in from 15 yards out. Tie the game. This is the KLIN Husker Hour. Giving you an inside look at everything going on in Husker Nation. Nebraska wins its fifth national championship. Three sets one over the Florida Gators. Now. Shoots the three. Got it. Isaiah Roby nails it from three-point land. And a good time was had by all. Good Saturday morning. Welcome to another edition of the KLIN Husker Hour. A busy Saturday morning for us. We've got a lot to talk about. Excited to have you with us. Did anything happen this week? Here on KLIN and on Facebook Live. You know, I don't know. We might have to might have to run stuff down. I mean... We're going to have Michael Brunts from 24-7. We'll start there. He's going to be on to discuss all the happenings from the week. There's not one but two new commitments for Husker football. Um, We've got another another, uh, uh, summer position preview. What season is it? Another summer position preview. Uh, We're doing wide receivers and tight ends together. Uh, Anybody who's going to catch a pass, we'll maybe throw in some running back action in there. They're going to be involved. Uh, but we'll we'll split those guys out a little bit later and 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 get get more focused on them in another show. Um, and then we've got a lot of stuff that happened during the week, Caleb. I, do you, do you want to just you want to dig into the most important topic right off the top here? I mean, I think it's I think it's pretty obvious uh, what we're uh, what we're going to be talking about. I thought you were talking about grad assistant Colby Ellis, but okay, yeah. If you want to, should, should we should we start by talking about the the half a billion dollar man? Okay. If you want, he signed. He signed for a lot of money. He signed for all of the money, and he's still underpaid. Does he own the Chiefs yet? He could. For those of you who are not watching the Facebook Live, you really need. You really should catch the re, the the replay here. Um, Caleb, would you like to describe what you just saw? He's got a Mahomes jersey on. This was a this was a, a birthday gift from my lovely wife, and my and my kids are are very. Very co-signed onto it. I've got my Mahomes jersey on. Had it on. I had it on under the jacket, so nobody saw that until just now. So okay, yeah. I I I would like I would have liked to have had Brunts on Zoom. He can't do Zoom today. He's a Broncos guy. I think I'll just leave it alone for him. He's he's dealt with enough. I don't think the Broncos have beat the Chiefs for like five years. So what else do you want to do for the other fifty-eight <laughs> minutes of the show? I'll just show this bad boy <laughs> off, and we can talk about the fact that uh, the Big Ten. Of course, the the actual news that we'll talk about now instead of uh, I had my minute to discuss Chiefs. Uh, the Big Twelve's not playing any non-conference games. Big Ten, Big Ten, yes. Big Twelve I done that in a while. Big Twelve, Big 12 is still playing, discussing it. Yeah, they're they're still playing non-conference games there. Ivy League not playing any sports until twenty twenty one. Yeah, so that was earlier in the week. <laughs> uh, we you can see the ticker on on the 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 live stream on Facebook Live as well. We can go right down the line Monday. You had Rutgers cancel any on-campus events with athletics, I guess, still to be determined. Nebraska also announced that all their ticketing and parking was going to be done through the app. Yep. Uh, Good luck, Grandma and Grandpa. Uh, No physical tickets this year. Yeah, no physical tickets. Texas, Oklahoma, on Tuesday, their their Red River rivalry game was put on a little bit of an uncertain ground when the the, uh, Texas State (laughs) Fair was canceled. Wednesday, you have Stanford announcing they're cutting 11 sports, the most robust athletic department in the country. Well, and, and the we, Ivy League canceled all their fall activities as well. We also need to mention with Stanford that when they cut 11 sports, they still will have, after those cuts, 
three more sports offered, three more varsity sports offered than what Nebraska currently offers. Yeah, they they have they, a lot. It's not like they're going, oh, we've we've only got now football and volleyball and track and field. No, they're still going to have 25 sports offered at Stanford. They'll have a lot still, but 11, cutting 11 after this upcoming season. Uh, Wednesday was also the day Ohio State shut down their organized activities. Uh, they're not releasing any of their coronavirus testing numbers, but clearly they had yep. something come up there. Uh, and then Thursday was the big one. That was when all the reports started surfacing. There was a little bit of a rumbling Wednesday, but Thursday the Big Ten announced officially going to a 10-game Conference-only schedule, no games for Nebraska with Cincinnati, Central Michigan, South Dakota State. Those are gone. Well, they didn't. They didn't officially say a ten-game conference. They didn't only. say ten. No, that's, no, that's maybe in the no. reports. But the no, Big yeah. Ten just announced it's conference only. So that's coming from a number of reports that that's what the assumption is going to be. Yeah. Just within the Big Ten statement itself, it's just that football volleyball, and then the other affected sports with Nebraska, men's and women's cross country, and women's soccer, those are going to conference only. And that's all they said. They didn't say number of games. They did say details on schedules will be announced and released at a later date. Um, You know, Chancellor Ronnie Green was on Sports Nightly Thursday night, and he said that they're working on those schedules. Those, Those should be finalized in the next couple of weeks. So, we can dive into what we think that means for a football schedule, but there has not been an official number set yet. Um, although, I think the assumption is there. Yeah, and and so depending on what they do with the schedule, um, Nebraska does not have those three non-conference games. All three of which would have been at home in 2020 as well. Not just in 2020. All three at home in one month in September. Yeah, in, the same, in the same month. So we we've talked a lot about how you know this is going to change. Now, the, the the whole pandemic situation is going to change the way that you have the the attendance numbers uh, because you're probably not going to have full capacity whenever they do get back to playing. Um, but regardless, uh, regardless of what the the attendance would have been able to be mm-hmm. for Nebraska home game, the amount of revenue generated from ticket sales, concessions, uh, and then the local economy with all the the downtown facilities, uh, the downtown. Uh, restaurants and bars and and what have you, the parking services, anything like that. All of that revenue, at least for those three, is gone. Maybe they get another one back because you add a fifth home Big Ten game if they do a 10-game conference season. Yep. But that's a big hit. It was going to be a hit anyway, but now you know that those games are completely wiped off the books. Um, That's going to be more impactful as well. Yeah, and we uh, rode to recovery earlier this week. Kellen talked with uh, Todd Ogden of the Downtown Lincoln Association, and th- when they were talking about um, what what are some of the plans everyone's been doing, things that they've been doing differently, I just asked, I said, what, what are you guys thinking about when there's the possibility of having less Husker home games, not as many fans can go to the game, so what does that do for you there, but also... What are you thinking about if there isn't a schedule played? And, and Todd just flat out said, if there's not football played, there will be businesses close. And I think yeah. I think we know that, but you hear from the people that are there. Mm-hmm. And, and that that's what that would do to the local economy. Yeah, and I mean, all of that stuff in, in the rail yard and the hay market, a lot of it, you know, if in terms of how they plan their budget for a year, I would imagine is is built around big events, right? Yes. And most of those are Nebraska football games. Maybe you get some really big Nebraska basketball games. Uh, there's obviously concerts and, and other types of events, mm-hmm. monster truck rally, what have you, that are downtown. You get a lot of people coming and staying at hotels. 
People got to eat. People want to go have fun and, and, and have a beverage or two. All of that goes away for Husker football Saturdays uh, for at least two, if not all three of those uh, of, of those instances this fall, uh, regardless of when they would have been, just so happened they all would have been in September. Uh, yeah, that that's that's definitely going to hurt. And we we've got some of the statements that Nebraska made. I I, I think the the big focus from what Big Ten said. Uh, everybody kind of went right to it when I was following along live on Twitter. <laughs> was the part at the very end of the statement where the Big Ten's announcement said, "quote." We are also prepared not to play mm-hmm. in order to ensure the health, safety, and wellness of our student-athletes should the circumstances so dictate. The, the, the fact that they announced they're going to a conference-only schedule does not mean it's happening for sure. Yeah. We're still way high up in the air on this stuff. A lot of dominoes still have to fall, but they are clearly setting their sights on, hey, we're watching everything and we're not going to do anything this fall. If the if, if the if the situation continues to deteriorate, they and they hedged earlier in the announcement as well because yeah. you had the very first sentence saying we're facing uncertain and unprecedented times and uh, health and safety is is our number one priority. The next sentence to that end, the Big Ten conference announced today that if the conference is able to participate in fall sports, a, you you throw if is doing a lot yeah, of lifting. Yeah, you throw an if on there at the very beginning. They needed to at least like italicize that thing, bold it, all uh, caps, all caps, <laughs> underline, strike through. If you just every option you have in, in Microsoft Word, blow that baby up, give it a give it a heading format, do everything you can for it because that if. Is so big yeah. at the very beginning, and then they really just wrap it up with with that final sentence that you just read. Yeah, and and look, you have the Pac-12 yesterday come out and do the and same follow thing. suit. And actually, theirs might get uh, pushed back mm-hmm. at least a week um, because they're not. They've pushed it back to an to a later date. July thirteenth is when you would. Was it July 13th? I can't remember all, all the dates that they had on there. There was a lot of dates thrown out. Yeah. But I, and, and I was actually camping yesterday, so I was trying to skim things while chasing my dog through the trees and everything. Yeah. Um, but they might not be ready to go September 5th. Uh-huh. So that's go- they might not start week one where a lot of other, where Nebraska currently is supposed to. There's a Big Ten game. Yeah, Nebraska was opening the season against a Big Ten opponent in Purdue here in Lincoln. Um, so, so you have the Pac-12 follow suit. Uh, reports are ACC and Big 12 uh, maybe close behind as well. Uh, interesting thing to me is where's the SEC on this? Because if you look at where the hotspots are in the country right mm-hmm. now, it is all over the South, basically everywhere but Missouri and Kentucky. Uh, every other state that has an SEC school in it is experiencing some some pretty scary numbers in terms of rising cases and, and hospitalizations and whatnot. That's uh, one of the most interesting things, Cole, is that We've talked about this for weeks on end. Yeah. That w- if you just looked based on conferences, which conference geographic areas are currently doing the best with COVID nineteen numbers? The Big Ten has been doing the best across the states. Yeah. Which ones have been doing the worst? The West Coast, which has got the Pac twelve. You go through, and you've got Arizona your, right now. Yeah. Yeah. Arizona, California. Um, your uh, SEC schools all across the Southeast have not been doing well, especially Florida. They added Texas A&M, too, to, to throw Texas in there, which is having a big problem. Yep, and then Texas is half the Big 12. Yeah. So so you go through those, and then the ACC is along that East Coast part there. 
All of those conferences, you would think, would have been the first ones. Pac-12 obviously followed suit with the with the Big Ten, but the Big Ten currently seems like the safest place to be playing, and we're very proactive with the announcement. Yeah. Did they just see that? Hey, this is the writing on the wall. Let's just get it. Let's start the planning. Yeah, and one thing's for sure: this conference doesn't have football. But if the Big East were still a football conference, you know they wouldn't make this decision until like August thirtieth. <laughs> that's a that's a that's a joke. Back going back to what was, it was Creighton, right? That was playing that game in Madison Square Garden, and then it got shut down at halftime because they were like, "Oh, literally everybody else has canceled all of their tournament games." They wouldn't make the decision until August thirtieth. They would make the decision at noon on September fifth. <laughs> uh, lines up for the kickoff. Oh, hold on, hold on. We're getting word. Nope, never mind. We're not going to play after all. No, they let the kickoff happen. That's a bad idea. Oh, they let the kickoff happen. <laughs> Return it for a touchdown. Okay, end it all. End it all. It's done. Shut her down. So, so that's where you are at this point with two Power Five conferences already committing to no non-conference games. Yep. And look, we we have I I've been on record on this show for weeks now saying I'm I'm getting more and more skeptical that there may be a season at all and. One of the things that this does, these, this announcement by the Big Ten, I, I, I am look, I'm still very skeptical, but this is a little bit more encouraging because just regionally speaking, the Big Ten does have a little bit more control. Yeah. And so if you if you think of it in that sense, maybe this does give you more of a reason for optimism in terms of seeing real college football this season because before you had teams going every which way across the country to play in Oregon, Ohio state was one of the games. I think Ohio state was going out to Austin. Yep. Um, Wisconsin was playing maybe a neutral site game. They were playing at Lambeau Lambeau. Yeah, that's right. Well, no, Notre, Notre Dame at Lambeau, but still Notre Dame's in the big 10 foot. That one doesn't really apply, but right? they, you had, you had these teams that were going all over the country. Now that's not happening. You're, you're keeping them all in the Big Ten footprint, you're going to only be able to, you're only going to have to focus on a smaller state area uh, instead of having to worry about the rest of the country where things might be spinning out of control. So from that standpoint, and it's it's a it's a little bit of a tick back up in the optimism direction for me, Caleb. But I think I am a little bit happier about where uh, where we could see college football happen due to the fact that you're not going to have teams having to get on planes as much. There's still, I mean, anybody who has to go out to Rutgers who plays in the West is is probably going to get on a plane. But uh, you're, you're, you're going to have a lot more travelable destinations and, uh, and, and you're going to be able to keep that circle a little bit closer. Yeah, and I mean, I'd been, I've been saying a few weeks ago that I wanted them to go to just a fully conference-only schedule and play 12. That's not going to happen. I think they're just going to play the 10. Um, but I also think... They're not going to just look at the schedule and say, okay, we're, who has five home games? Okay, you're only playing four on the road. Well, now we're going to send you to one of the teams that only has four home games. Uh, Indiana, you're going, you're going to Nebraska in September, and there, the, the schedule is fixed. I think we're going to see the entire schedule reworked. I think you very well could see I, that. I, I think that that's what we're going to see. So go ahead, screenshot that Nebraska schedule. Get your, uh, your magnet up on the fridge ready to go and, Put a big old X through it because that Husker football schedule, we might still open with Purdue, yeah. but I think you're still going to see the whole thing get get reworked. Nebraska, and if, if they do anything about budgets with how far people have to travel, might not be playing 
Penn State, Maryland, or Rutgers. Those would be the three that you end up leaving off. Yeah. Well, and, and the other part of that is if you have Nebraska looking at what potential schedule changes there are, you're probably still going to play all the teams in the West, which is six oh, of those yep. games. Yeah. And so if you if you're going to ten, are you just add are you just are they just gonna say, you know what, we'll keep everything, you just add that one more from the opposite division? Or like you're like you're suggesting maybe you're just going to cut down, you know, Who's farthest away from each other? Okay, yeah, Nebraska's not going to go out to Rutgers, Maryland, or Penn State, or vice versa. They're not going to come here. Yep. Um, yeah, or we could all just meet in Indy and try the bubble thing like the NBA and MLS are doing. Let's go to Indy. I don't think you're going to be able to put up football stadiums and hotel ballrooms, but you know they can they can just kind of cycle them in and out of of uh, uh, what is that? Bank, uh, Lucas Oil. Lucas Oil. Yeah, Lucas Oil. As long as the food's better than what they're getting down there in Orlando. Uh, I. Yeah, I don't know. It they're they're in a uh, they're in a unique situation, that's for sure. And one more thing on this before we get to our first break and get to Brunts on the other side, um, I, I I highlighted a quote from Scott Frost last week that was specifically uh, discussing whether a Big Ten only schedule would be <laughs> yeah. interesting uh, or or maybe uh, something that he would like. Uh, his direct quote: "I think if you pulled Big Ten coaches, you'd get zero support for that." particularly if that's not what the rest of the major conferences are doing. So he kind of hedges a little bit there, too, saying if, if no one else is doing this, I don't think anybody else in this conference is going to be on board with it. Uh, but other conferences clearly are going to be coming on yes, board with it. very much. Uh, I just kind of thought that was funny. Like, oh, a week later, and here we are. <laughs> um, all right, so yeah, we had a lot of, of uh, things go down this week. We are going to run all of that down with Michael Brunts here in our next segment. And... Don't go anywhere because our summer position previews continue today. We are talking ball catchers, wide receivers, and tight ends. Uh, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of turnover there on the wide receiver side. There's not a lot of returning statistics. We'll discuss all of that and more with Michael Brunts and throughout the rest of the show. This is the KLIN Husker Hour. Thanks for joining us here on Saturday morning. Husker football, basketball, baseball, and beyond. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on 1400 KLIN. Back here on the KLIN Husker Hour. Hope everybody had a good 4th of July weekend last weekend. Had a 4th of July commitment for the first time, I believe, since uh, Freedom Akinmoladun. Okay. He did it because of his name. Yeah, I don't know if Latrell Neville's name is is anything to do with the the independence of this country or not. But um, he made his commitment on the fourth. Uh, there was another on the seventh, and um, one of the best guys to talk about that is a guy from Husker twenty four seven, Michael Brunts, joining us here on the KLI and Husker Hour. Brunts, how are you doing this weekend? Not bad. How are you guys doing? Pretty good. Uh, we'll start there with the commitments. Uh, two more on the board for the Huskers. They're up to twelve total. Uh, one on offense. One on defense. Uh, who Nebraska get, and uh, how are they going to fit the needs at their positions? Yeah, we can start with with Phil Neville. Um, you know, he was a guy that had kind of been considered a Nebraska lean for quite a while, especially since he committed from from Virginia Tech. But um, you know, you, you start with the size. I mean, six three, one ninety, um, and and you know, just kind of continues the 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 makeover, I guess of. Nebraska's wide receiver room. You know, the last few years, it really felt like that group was a little bit on the shorter side. Um, you know, you didn't have a ton of height and size there. 
Um, and then, you know, when you kind of talk about Latrell Neville at, at that size, Sean Hardy, who's also in the class as a wide receiver, he's 6'3", 195. Omar Manning is every bit of 6'4", 220. Xavier Betts isn't small at, at 6'2", 6'3". So it, it really is going to look like a much different um, position and, and different group a couple of years down the line here. So I think that was partially by design. Um, and also just, you know, with Latrell, and he's a guy that has the measurables. He hasn't really had the production um, in high school to this point. But, uh, you know, I, I think he's a guy that has, you know, a pretty high ceiling um, to, to kind of be more productive in his senior season. So uh, I think Nebraska really liked uh, what his long-term potential is. And I really think that it's another good get for the wide receiver group. Uh, you know, the other the other one that happened this week with Darius Webb Jr., uh, cornerback out of, uh, originally out of, uh, out of, out of Alabama, he's, he's going to be playing his senior year in Mississippi, but uh, son of a long-time NFL defensive back, Nebraska had offered him pretty recently, and, um, you know, with, with him, he said an offer from Southern Miss, but Nebraska, a defensive back especially, has really kind of trusted their evaluations uh, the last couple of recruiting classes. I mean, a good example, Simone Lynham, who's on campus right now, is a guy that really wasn't highly recruited, but really kind of fit what Nebraska was looking for at that corner spot. So uh, he, he committed, um, you know, still hasn't visited. I mean, that's kind of a, a theme, I think, for commitments with everything, the way that uh, COVID's going right now. But uh, they're up to 12, uh, probably looking at low 20s right now, maybe a little bit higher than that, Christian. And and Nebraska's got some good momentum going on the recruiting trail right now. Yeah, and, and, and sticking with one of those positions, uh, wide receiver, we're, we're previewing wide receivers and tight ends today on the show, and wide receivers obviously a position where they lost a lot of production uh, in the offseason with, uh, with J.D. Spielman primarily, but uh, you also lost some, some production uh, at the receiver spot from Conor Vinoa, and uh, Maurice Washington had some contributions as well. Uh, just, just looking at the wide receiver spot, what – what do you expect to see from this? Is it is it going to be just you know Omar Manning is going to have to step in and and put up big numbers right away? Are they going to try to spread it out with maybe some Wandale focus? Uh, what do you envision the the distribution at the wide receiver position being in twenty twenty? Yeah, I mean it, it's going to have to kind of be a little bit by committee. I mean obviously Wandale is going to have to help make up for some of the loss of J.D. Spielman. Um, you know, I, I think when you look at Omar Manning, you know, his background would suggest that he should be able to come in and, and be a, you know, a solid contributor and a major part of the offense. You know, that's what Nebraska's plan is for him. But, you know, when you're kind of talking about, you know, what, well, what, how many yards does, does he need? I mean, if you could get, say, 700 yards out of him, I mean, that, that's a pretty good start. Um, to, to your Husker career there. I mean, it's, I, I was kind of looking back through, I think Maurice Purify was right around 600 or so his first year at Nebraska. So you, you would think that, you know, with a, a full season of, of being healthy, that Omar Manning would be able to probably surpass that. And, and they, they'll need him to. I mean, that, that's why you go and get the number one junior college receiver in America so he can come in and help you right away. Um, beyond that, you know, you're really kind of leaning on some guys to, you know, help earlier in their careers. So, you know, Alante Brown, they really like what he can do. Is he going to be ready to go and, and kind of make that step up? Same with Xavier Betts and Marcus Fleming. So, um, you know, you, you like the talent that they've brought in. Um, it's just, a, you know, sometimes a lot, I think, to ask guys to just be 
the man right from the first snap of their freshman year. So it's going to be by committee. Um, but, you know, I, I think you're going to need a big season from Wandale and, and for him to really kind of show off his playmaking ability at wide receiver. Brunts, looking at those freshmen incoming and redshirt freshmen, you've got more than half a dozen guys sitting there. If you had to uh, look into the future, as the Big Ten Conference said in their announcement this week, if games are to be played, w- which one or two do you think do step up and maybe earn more time than the others? Yeah, you know, I, I think I'd probably go with more with the young guys a little bit. I mean, I, you know, I think they like what they have in Demarion Houston and Jamie Nance as, as redshirt uh, guys coming off a year uh, on the scout team. But, you know, they, they really like Marcus Fleming as a guy that they can kind of move around. He, he kind of has, has the profile of a guy that would be, you know, a slot wide receiver. But I think he can play all over the place. And He's one of the quickest, uh, you know, high school wide receivers in Florida last season and had over a thousand yards receiving. So he should be able to, to step in right away. I think I'd go with him. Uh, you know, I, I think Omar Manning certainly, uh, is going to step in. It seems like Will Nixon might have, uh, a little bit of an injury, uh, issue according to, to some of his, uh, social media posts. But, um, I, I think, you know, and, and the guy that gets forgotten, you know, I don't know if it's because he's local or, or what, but, Xavier Betts, um, like I said, is not a guy that, you know, you, you see him. He looks the part of a college wide receiver. So I, I, I think Fleming and Betts are, are probably the two guys I'd go with, and I think they're going to really give Alonso Brown every chance that they can to uh, be productive as well. Michael Bruns joining us here on the K-Line Husker Hour. He's from Husker 24-7. Uh, all right, the big news came out Thursday this week that the Big Ten is going to play conference only football, uh, no non-conference, uh, and and number of games, I guess, still kind of up in the air. Um, knowing what Nebraska had on the schedule already, and and where they're at as a program, um, what, how how do you view this affecting the Huskers with uh, you know with looking at the rest of the Big Ten and, and knowing where Nebraska is uh, in terms of their program's development? Yeah, I mean, I think you you would have liked to have had you know, all twelve games. Ideally, um, you still might. I, I don't think that that will be uh, the case, and, and kind of what they eventually go with. But um, you know, it's it, it's definitely a setback. I mean, it, the other part of his too. I mean, you, you had Cincinnati that's coming off of a double digit win season uh, with a lot of guys back. I mean, in some ways, uh, you know, maybe it kind of does you a little bit of a favor by. Um, you know, taking that off the schedule, but you know how how they kind of reshape everything will be interesting to to see. I mean, it sounds like they want to keep divisional games earlier in the season, so you might see some things moving around. I mean, maybe that uh, that that dreaded five game stretch that was at the back end of Nebraska's schedule gets broken up a little bit. But you know, it always seems like whenever the Big Ten does anything scheduling wise, Nebraska kind of draws the uh, short straw there. So I'm sure they'll probably end up having to go to Michigan or something like that because that's the way it seems to always work. But, uh, you know, I, I, I think, uh, you know, it'll be a test for everybody in the big time. That's kind of how you deal with the uncertainty. Uh, you're going to have to kind of lean on your leaders a little bit more, I think, than you normally would. But uh, it's kind of uh, uncharted territory, so we'll see how everybody deals with it. That would be a very Big Ten thing to do, would be to add Michigan back to Nebraska's <laughs> schedule. It's like, haven't we played these like guys? Road for, game? Haven't they played these guys for like six years straight already and they're in different divisions? It's, <laughs> that, that, well, the, that was the thing, right? They, they supposedly drew 
crossover opponents out of a hat. Yeah. Nebraska through Michigan in the in the future. So, um, <laughs> and I think it was I I ended up with Rutgers. So, uh, kind of a funny hat um, if you think about it. It was not a very advantageous hat for Nebraska to to have been drawing out of. Uh, well, uh, Bruns, we appreciate it. Thanks for joining us here uh, on your Saturday morning, and uh, we'll talk again soon. Sounds good, guys. Thanks a lot. All right. Bruns, Husker 24-7. And look, everybody's going to be playing in this situation. They're all in the same boat to a certain extent. Yeah. Uh, but, but just from the standpoint where Nebraska is developmentally as a program, uh, they're behind Wisconsin and Iowa, obviously, because they've had their programs established for a long time. They're behind Minnesota already, frankly. I mean, uh, Minnesota has, has taken a lot bigger steps forward on the field than the Huskers have. So it, it does kind of put Nebraska a little bit behind the eight ball, not getting that running start that they had. It's kind of like 2017, or no, 2018, I guess, the, the, the game against Akron getting lightninged out mm-hmm. to where hey, that was supposed to be our, our, our way to kind of ease into this thing, and they lost it, and then they lost you know the first six games of the year after that. Uh, now they lose. The, they, Purdue was the opener still, but you, you don't have the opportunity to, to play three non-conference games before you start jumping into the Big Ten fray. I will say this, and let's just make that assumption that it, it does end up just being the 10 games. They don't get the full 12, but yeah. you still start on time on September 5th, and you go through Thanksgiving weekend. What, what kind of jump did... Did we reasonably expect Nebraska to make this year if the schedule stayed exactly as it was with those five games at the end of the year? Full game. You're, yeah, you're hoping to get to six or seven wins. Yeah, I mean that, that was the minimum, right? Yeah, that 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 was where you were saying we had like we got to get that's got to be the next step. Now, if it goes to ten games, well, you now have two more bye weeks. Mm-hmm. You can take a lot more time with kind of developing guys there. No, they're not going to get a play South Dakota State or in Cincinnati and Central Michigan, which no offense to any of those programs. It's not the same as playing a Power 5 school. So even Cincinnati with a bunch of guys back, I guess maybe doesn't fit the profile of the other two. But those are more the tune-up games. You you get yeah. guys out there and see what they can do, especially now with the with the redshirt rule the last few years. You, you might see some younger guys just go out, show us what you can do. This is your chance to earn a spot later in the year. Yeah. Well, now you've just got a couple extra weeks of practice. You can work on some of those things that, yes, they're they're able to do these things now in July, but you missed all of spring. How do you start getting some guys maybe some extra reps that you wouldn't give them on those weeks? Yeah. So I mean, and I know this coaching staff is going to find a way to find every positive they can in the situation. I think we're going to try to do that too. And I know last year was a big thing, no silver linings, but you, you got to find them with the way things have gone the last few months. Yeah, and and look, there's so much up in the air right now. Um, I'm not even going to discuss uh, hot seat lists this week that were just oh, fodder for the media. worst hot seat list ever. We're not we're not going to dignify them with a uh, with a mention. Uh, but if you if you follow social media, you know who they are. It's just I don't think you're going to hold it against maybe any coach. What happens this year, unless something like catastrophic happens, um, which you can define catastrophe your own way, I guess. But yeah. I, I, Look, nothing is going to uh, nothing is going to affect how Nebraska's foot, uh, program is going to be moving forward based on a season where you're already cutting non-conference games because of a pandemic. Yeah. So focus on growth, see what you can get out of it, take steps forward where you can, and see where it happens. And someone go ahead and just leak that volleyball schedule already. Cooks had it for a month. Just leak it. 
Uh, yeah, and and yeah, that's another thing. Other other sports are certainly affected by this. We're obviously focused on on football because uh, because that's where a lot of the focus is. Uh, but yeah, volleyball. Uh, other sports that, so- that happen in the fall, women's soccer. soccer. That yeah. cross country schedule is going to be boring. Running against the same people every week. Gosh, every week. It's like hosting a show with the same guy every week. Yeah, it's really, really, really old. I'm glad Kenny's here. Really fast. All right, uh, we're gonna treat. We're gonna preview wide receivers and tight ends when we come back. Stick with us here on the KLI and Husker Hour. Talking with current and former Huskers and those who cover the Big Red. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1400 KLIN. KLIN Husker Hour rolling along here on a Saturday morning. Thanks to Michael Brunts. Just joined us in the last segment to help break down the recent commitments for the Huskers, uh, as well as uh, a little bit of talk about Nebraska's non-conference only future with the Big Ten. Uh, we'll, we'll dig more into the commitments, I think, a little bit later, but I wanted to start off uh, with our position preview right now. Uh, we've got pass catchers, tight ends, and wide receivers. Uh, let's hit tight ends first because um, we'll get through that a little bit quicker. You've got Jack Stoll, who's the most productive returnee, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, a few other guys. Austin Allen had a few um, bright spots here and there, uh, but you've got a lot of uncertainty behind him. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of just throw it over to you. What do you see when you look at the tight end position for 2020? I think when, when, when you look at I, the very first off the top, I've got to look to the guy who was offensive scout team MVP this last year, Travis Volkolek. Mm. Uh, that's your, uh, transfer from Rutgers. He, I mean, he was a great, pretty good, more than pretty good pass catcher yeah. for the Scarlet Knights sat out this last year. How much is he able to come in and not take away from Stoll, but add because now if you can put if you can light up two tight ends and you've got two pass catchers on each side that looks really dangerous because then you can line up two tight ends and just block with both of them that that makes you really dangerous if you can go to two tight end sets and play action out of that just run a regular uh drop back you can do a lot of things in a two tight end set if you've got two pass catchers off of off of each end um Austin Allen I think I mean he got a, a little bit of run last year but I don't know what what kind of strides were made since last year? I think he's he's got the body type for it, yeah. But how much of that now transitions into this next year, where you want to take those big strides uh, as a way to go steal some snaps? Stole a stole. I I I know we we can talk about him, but he's he's going to be the guy there until someone really goes and takes it from him. Yeah. Um, and then your other uh, your other scholarship guy, uh, Kurt Rothdahl. Uh, I mean, he's six foot seven. Only one catch, nine yeah, yards. Like, last year. One one grab last year. What, what do you take away from that? I look at that kind of the same thing as um, as I talked about with the other two. What are the strides that were made from last year that we're that we're going to see? Yeah, and and one thing I want to see is if uh, pandemic Jack Stoll has grown his mullet back. <laughs> that's 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 what I think inquiring minds want. To I know. went and filled up a growler yesterday. Not to completely go sidebar here, I went and filled up a growler yesterday, and, and the bartender there, um, her hair all the way down to her hips, and she told one of the ladies there because they asked who braids your hair, and she said, "I taught myself during quarantine. Taught herself wow. to braid her own hair all the way down to her hips." During quarantine, how productive were you? I did not teach myself how to braid my. I didn't hair. teach myself anything. 
But yes, I hope the mullet's back. <laughs> um, so yeah, Austin Allen, I think, could be your number two. Travis Vokalek could also be your number two. He he tied for the team lead in touchdown passes for Rutgers in 2018. Uh, that was two touchdown catches. Uh, but nonetheless, he tied. Um, he has, uh, in his career, 19 games at Rutgers, 17 catches, 198 yards. Um, and in those two touchdowns, so he's he's definitely got some Division One experience. Some of those I like that against, yards per catch. Yeah, some of that was against Big Ten teams too. Mm-hmm. Um, so so he's he's definitely I think uh, on on your radar if you're looking for somebody new to contribute at the tight end position. But yeah, I think Stoll is going to be your number one. Obviously, uh, he's got more experience than anybody. He's got more production than anybody. Uh, Twenty five catches, two hundred thirty four yards, and one touchdown last season, along of forty two yards. Uh, on the season, and Hickman's no longer there as the tight end. Yeah. He transitioned to wide receiver. Chris Hickman, who who got a little bit of run, he did red shirt, but they used him in four games or less, and so he was able to still hold on to that red shirt. Um, but Chris Hickman did have one catch. Uh, it was right on the line of scrimmage, zero yards. But he played late as a wide receiver. They split yeah. him out wide, uh, trying to get some more size. Maybe they don't need him as much now since they have more size. But oh, you, you do have him. Um, it listed at wide receiver now, and, and so he can make an impact there. He is six foot six. Yes, six six, and and um, size is is definitely something that that's going to matter um, because you see the position growing. Uh, we just talked to Brunt's last segment about Latrell Neville committed at wide receiver. He's six three six four. Uh, Omar Manning six four. Xavier Betts uh, is is uh, I don't know if he, I don't think he's six four. Where's Betts? Right I thought here? was six two six three. He's listed six two on the Huskers.com. Yeah. So, so you you you're definitely getting bigger at both of these positions, and so that is, um, I think, something you're going to see. Austin Allen, of course, six eight, <laughs> uh, which I think is as tall as you are, yeah, um, roughly. Travis Vokalek, I I would agree. I think he's probably if you're looking for somebody to produce um, with with numbers, with catches, with maybe a touchdown or two here and there in 2020, that's probably where you look. Um, and then maybe he and Stoll get out there in some two tight end sets. The problem. This is. We'll talk more about wide receivers in next segment. But the problem with this dichotomy is you don't have a lot coming from one to help balance the inexperience of the other. Mm-hmm. You have Jack Stoll and you have Wandale Robinson and then a bunch of other guys. Yeah, basically. So that is where you're going to have to get young guys contributing soon. They're going to have to grow up fast. And I don't know if they're going to be able to do that with a lot of them. You'd like to try to do a committee-type approach when you don't have a lot of proven guys. But I don't know. If I'm if I'm the staff, I think I maybe would rather have a guy like Omar Manning just take that job and run with it and just put up numbers like a Maurice Purify in his first season. Yeah. Um, you know, Travis Vokalek, go out there and, um, you know, take some receptions away from Jack Stoll. Uh, Stoll is is a little bit more of a, a stockier, bulkier guy, and and maybe more um, more of a, a, a if you're if you're going off of like NCAA tendencies, NCAA football tendencies, uh, the video game. I mean, yeah, he's he maybe listed more as blocking, whereas Vokalek might be more like a balanced or a or a receiving yeah. type of tight end. So yeah, if you if you want to have more production from that position, I don't know that it's going to be by committee at tight end. I think it's going to have to be one guy to get in there and get a lot of experience, and I think Vokalek might be that guy. This feels like the story of the entire offense, isn't it? Other than yeah. other than offensive line, you've got... And Mills. Well, no, no, that, that's what I'm saying. Is yeah. Other than, off, one guy yeah, other than offensive line, you've really got one person yeah. who has the experience and has done it for, for a couple years, at least a year, yeah. like 
we're and we're going to get to running back. We're going to get to quarterback in, in coming up in the next couple of weeks. But when we talk about the tight end, it's really there's a guy there, and then who fills in behind him. We talk about wide receiver. Wandale did it last year, and then you've got guys that redshirted or are coming in this year. Yeah, how are you going to figure out that? So it, I think a lot of this is this is the story of the offense. You now have to have guys step up everywhere, um, and we still might see younger guys go grab an offensive line offensive line snaps. Yeah, but the offensive line is like the only part you're going good. We we can at least lean on some experience there for sure. Yeah, um, let's uh, let's get to our break here and then get wide receivers on the other side. Uh, there's a lot to talk about at wide receiver. Uh, no JD Spielman. Uh, Wandale will be able to focus there. Uh, what else do you have? We uh, we hit a little bit of it with Brunts when uh, we talked to him. Uh, we will dig into it heavy. Uh, wide receiver talk coming up here on the KLI and Husker Hour right when we return. Your Saturday morning source for everything Huskers is right here. You're listening to the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1400 KLIN. K-Lion Husker Hour previewing, apparently previewing the uh, the song coming up here with Caleb. K-Lion Sports Director Caleb Henry over there. He's uh, not a music multi- director. Multi-talented, as it were. Um, I'm Cole Stukenholtz, K-Lion Special Correspondent, if you will, and I will. <laughs> Wide receiver tight end position preview today, and we just talked tight ends. Uh, let's talk with receivers. Um, obviously, the big story <laughs> J.D. Spielman, yes. not part of the group anymore. Uh, Wandale Robinson, he kind of split time between receiver and running back because he had to, and good thing he did because uh, a 5-7 and seven season certainly could have been worse were it not for his contributions, especially against Illinois where he was. <laughs> almost all of the offense, Taylor, uh, Adrian Martinez had a nice team that game too. But yeah. uh, Wide receiver, uh, you have guys who are still here. Uh, let's Wandale, you have Cade Warner. Uh, and then Chris Hickman. And we're, by the way, when we talk Cade Warner, most of this we're going to be talking scholarship guys. Sure. Cade Warner, we're counting as a pseudo scholarship yeah. guy, right? I mean, yeah, he he does. He's not on scholarship, but there's a reason that he can be somewhere and be not on scholarship. He also, yes, he he has he has a, a famous father, and he also caught the game tying two point conversion pass yes. his true freshman year against like, Iowa. So he's he's got cred. He's not just a dude. He can go yes. out and do some things. So. Cade Warner really included in this kind of scholarship player discussion. We'll 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 throw him in as an honorary member. Um, who they lost? Uh, J.D. Spielman. We said uh, Noah, mm-hmm. He had a couple touchdowns. He's gone. Mike Williams, Jerron Woodyard. Not a whole lot of production there, uh, but they're both gone as well. And then Maurice Washington was also a contributor uh, in the past game. Uh, had two touchdown catches. He's gone. Uh, in total, you have twelve receiving touchdowns from last season. You wonder how many return. Uh, four, three, ah, one for Stoll and two for Wandale. See, I thought I couldn't remember if Wandale had two yeah. or three. Oh, <laughs> most of his were running. Yeah, I know. Uh, it, so, and then every now and then, okay, get yeah, him out so, there. So three of twelve <laughs> receiving touchdowns. That's all the production they have back. You had uh, Spielman with five. Noah and Maurice Washington each had two apiece. Uh, that makes nine of the twelve mm-hmm. uh, gone. Uh, newcomers, there's a lot. Uh, you have Omar Manning, who we've talked about a lot all offseason. He's the number one junior college player in America at wide receiver, and he is part of the Huskers roster, a six foot four receiver, expected to have a big impact and will need to have a big impact for this offense to move. 
Uh, Xavier Betts, Marcus Fleming, Alante Brown, Will Nixon. Those are all true freshmen. Uh, Alante Brown was in for spring. Didn't have the traditional spring practices that you usually would get as a true freshman in early, but he's been here with this with the team. Yeah, uh, he's been a part of whatever they've been able to do, whether it's uh, you know just getting the nutrition, having a little bit of a, the winter conditioning, and and having you know been a part of the team, knowing the guys just into college life. You that get can't that hurt. You get that playbook a little early too. That's right. That, that'll <laughs> help. That'll definitely help. Um, will Nixon, Marcus Fleming, Xavier Betts, they will uh, they will have been joined later. Uh, than than Alante Brown did. That's why Brown kind of gets mentioned a little bit as as one of the guys who could break out. You have Jamie, Jamie Nansen to Baron Houston, retro last season. Um, and then there are uh, there's a transfer from South Dakota, Levi Falk. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a grad transfer, is walking on. Um, didn't mention actually with the tight ends Jared Bubach, who's transferring in from Arizona State yeah. as well. Um, I don't think he had a, a single catch with the Sun Devils. Um, he was a Lincoln Lutheran or Lincoln Christian. I can never remember which one. He was a Class C guy who went to ASU. Um, he's transferring back for his senior season to play with the Huskers. Could be a special teams contributor. Uh, but anyway, wide receiver production, where's it going to come from? Um, Wandale Robinson, obviously you're going to lean on him early. Lincoln Christian. I just want to make sure we get this Thank out you. there. It's Lincoln a Lincoln Christian. guy. we got to get it right. Yes, absolutely. That's, they don't, that's why they pay you the big bucks, Caleb. Welcome home, Jared. That's right. Uh, Wandale Robinson, you're obviously going to lean on him hard. He's going to be your number one wide receiver, uh, just in terms of knowing the offense and and knowing where to be and and having experience in producing at a high level. Um, after that, I think Omar Manning is an obvious second choice, just because uh-huh. he does have junior college experience. He's got size, um, and and the staff is really excited to have him um, for all those reasons. Uh, after that, I mean, th- throw the rest of those guys up in the air and see what comes down. Like, who knows who else is going to contribute? Uh, I don't know where you come down on this, but it's it's really going to be up in the air what type of numbers this, this position group is going to produce this fall. All right, so I think when we start this out, we kind of set Wandale and Omar Manning off on the side. We go, I agree. We go, you guys are going to be there. Yeah. Um, Cade Warner is kind of injury-dependent. He's going to get snaps. Um, And we also, just from watching him, he blocks extremely well on the edge, and that is a necessity in this offense. True freshman, if you're listening, save your bets, Alante (laughs) Brown, Fleming, Nixon, block, or you ain't playing. Well, and wasn't there, who was it, was it Ohio State a few years ago uh, that they said, if you don't block, you don't get, you don't get uh, passes thrown your way. Yeah, that's right. So, I mean, <laughs> you, yeah. you got to block because here's the other thing. If you don't block, that pass gets thrown out in the flat and you get blown up for three yards behind the line of scrimmage and we're all yelling, please stop throwing swing passes. If you block, those things get sprung downfield and then you can fly off the line there, just get a go route. So I think Warner's going to get his snaps at least to go out there and block, and we know he's a reliable pass catcher um, if, he, if he gets the, the ball thrown his way. Now, when you set up, and let's just say it's a three-wide set, you got your X, your Y, and your slot. How are you setting these guys up? Like, what, what, what is your initial setup? I think, I think when you immediately go, just off the top of my head, I'm going X with Omar Manning. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go Xavier Betts at the Y, and I'm going to run Wandale in the slot, just initially. Yeah, I mean, I and, no, and knowing that Wandale can slide to any of those other spots because he's so fast. He can run the different routes. Um, he can come and get take the ball and jet. 
you know he's going to find a way to get a bunch of touches. Yes. And I think that's what we're hearing with Elante Brown as well, that he's going to be able to do some of those things. I think really between those four slash five with Cade Warner, I think that's going to be what your wide receiver main group is with Fleming being able to step up a little bit, see what we have coming out of those those redshirt Freshman, I think Hickman's going to be a great guy when you get into some goal line stuff because you can't replace six foot six yep. when a lot of the corners are going to be what five ten. Yep. So there, there's no replacement for size, um, and as we've seen with Juan Dale and I think Alante Brown is the same prototype. There's no replacement for speed. Yeah. No, absolutely. And and when you're looking at what you're going to get out of the wide receivers, I, I think you're right. If you had your ideal setup, everybody knew the playbook, everybody knew what yeah. to do, everybody was blocking. Uh, yeah, Xavier Betts and Omar Manning on the outside, that's pretty attractive um, to this coaching staff, I think. Uh, I think Matt Lubick, at, as wide receivers and offensive coordinator coach, uh, he'd, he'd take that. Um, I don't know that you will get Xavier Betts up to speed that quickly, mm-hmm. um, and I think that will maybe be, I mean, physically I think he's ready. I think Brunts mentioned it too. It, it just Can he grasp a playbook? Is he going to do what he's asked in terms of blocking? Um, I think if 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 it were me, Wandale's going to have to play all positions. Yep. The staff stresses versatility anyway, and he proved he could do it last year. So you can put Wandale on the outside. You have Alante Brown in the slot. If, if you if you hit Omar Manning out on one edge, then you can do a lot with the other guys on the inside. You have more of the slot type guys who are going to be uh, who have more time in the offense with Demarion Houston and Jamie Nance in mm-hmm. more of that mold. Um, Xavier Betts and Omar Manning are more of your big guys. Chris Hickman, you can use him on the edge as well. Um, Cade Warner, uh, and maybe to a certain extent too. Um, with, I I don't know. Marcus Fleming, I think is maybe my guy uh, who I would pick as as a a you know under the radar guy who's going to contribute. I like Will Nixon a lot as well. Yeah. Um, just having played in Texas, uh, he's from Waco. I don't who who is your guy? If you had to pick one of these guys, non Wandale Manning, at wide receiver. To, to break out in 2020, who who are you going with? Oh, and so much of that is dependent on how much of the playbook that they grasp. Sure. Um, and that and if they block. Yeah, and, and if they block. And I think that puts largely the, the advantage for Elante Brown. Uh-huh. But, and I know Brunt said it, but I don't think we've been overlooking him at all. I think Xavier Betts goes and grabs a spot. Because he's so physically ready, yeah. you only like you need to know the playbook and you need to block. Yeah. But here's the thing: if you just pick up a few of the concepts and you can go out on your side, and everyone knows that Omar Manning and Wandale Robinson are going to get the lion's share of what's happening, yeah. you can still carve out your niche with what you are able to pick up. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the the in-state guy. I'm gonna say Xavier Betts goes and grabs that. What would be the third spot down? And I would love that as a Bellevue West. Alum. I know, I know you would. Yeah, I, I didn't say Xavier Betts. I don't want to. I don't want there to seem to be any you know, obvious favoritism there. But I appreciate <laughs> you dropping that. Um, at tight end, who would be your surprise guy? Is it Volkolek? It's Volkolek. Yeah. I, I think that that's the one there, just because he is able to go be a pass catcher. He was able to catch passes out of Rutgers. What what happens when maybe you start throwing to him a little bit more? Yeah, I, the one thing that Xavier Betts has going for him, um, and and Fleming and and Nixon as well, having not been in for spring. The pandemic has kind of been the great equalizer for them because they they come they come in behind obviously but not as far behind as they would have been 
had you got the uh-huh. other 13 sprac- uh, spring practices. Right? Yeah, not 15 practices in a spring game behind. Yeah, so so that does give them a little bit uh, better chance to contribute because mm-hmm. they're not this far behind Elante Brown. They're they're only this far behind him uh, and, and Omar Manning as well. So, uh, yeah, it's these positions are, are very fascinating to think about uh, just because of the complete lack of experience that you have there. Uh, All right, that's wide receivers and tight ends. Uh, Position previews will continue next week with a defensive position. Uh, We will not tell you about that right now because that is what's called a tease. Uh, Let's come back after this and wrap things up. Uh, Shrine Bowl is happening. That's exciting. We'll tell you what future Huskers are playing in that game um, and then maybe hit a little bit more on the new commits from this week as well. Wrapping things up right after this on the KLIN Husker Hour. Giving you an inside look at everything Huskers. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on 1400 KLIN. All right, wrapping this thing up. If you missed any of this, of course, head to the podcast page at KLIN.com. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at KLIN Huskers. And the Facebook feed will be there for you to watch in all its glory. You can see my beautiful number 15 Patrick Mahomes jersey. Just Gorgeous, and as a Bears fan who was so happy that we traded up to get Mitch Trubisky, I'm really pumped about that. Hey, before we get to the Shrine Bowl where there are five Husker walk-ons, I did want to get to this, a statement um, on the Big Ten announcement about going to conference-only schedules for several sports, including football and volleyball. The statement from University of Nebraska-Lincoln Chancellor Ronnie Green, uh, Nebraska System President Ted Carter, and Nebraska Athletic Director Bill Moose, uh, quote, We are pleased that the Big Ten is planning to move forward with fall sports. The conference has determined a path forward that helps to mitigate risk and will allow Husker student-athletes to compete on the field and in the arena. The most important thing is the safety of our student-athletes and that of our athletic staff and coaches, and we appreciate the thoughtful approach taken by the Big Ten. Athletics is a valuable part of campus life and important to our community in the state of Nebraska. We are fortunate that the COVID-19 pandemic has not been as widespread in Nebraska and look forward to safely hosting Big Ten competitions. While there are still many details left to be worked out, we are eager to safely cheer on our Husker student-athletes. End quote. What do you take from that? I take that they are very cautious, and what they really want to say is there are too many people in this country who did not do what they were supposed to have done, and this is probably just the first step to more... uh, more things trending away from playing football. I, I, I look the the thing that about, I mentioned earlier, where if you limit it to just a regional area, it gives me a little bit more hope. But man, I, I just I'm still very pessimistic about this happening. Football in 2020, likely ten games for Nebraska yep. football. Wear a mask, wash your hands at the Nebraska yes. Shrine Bowl, 61st annual uh, All Star Game, Senior All Star Game, five Husker walk ons. Mason Neiman from Waverly, Eli Simonson, Fremont Bergen, Keegan Menning from Fremont, Bladen Bayless, Beatrice, and Nate Borkercher of Aurora. That game kicks off at 2 o'clock. ESPN, FS1, none of the big guys came in, decided to televise it. NET has you covered, though. 2 o'clock kickoff. It's real football, people. The first official football game in this country since the XFL. Since the XFL, wow. Yeah, that's right. RIP XFL. RIP March. <laughs> RIP the last four months. <laughs> no, it's, it's literally four months today. Yes. That, that Nebraska played in the Big Ten tournament out there and uh, everything just Brant shut Banks. down. 
Uh, no Vedral. Hope yes. we see you at Rutgers. All right. Another position preview next week. We'll see you then. Go Big Red.